there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps, and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. All right, welcome to Vegas Hockey Hotline, powered by Station Casinos and the STN app. That's Stevie Slapshot, along with Chris Johnson. I'm Dana Lane from the Brian Blessing Studio. Now let's get you up to date real quick on the NHL playoffs as we had a, another night of surprises. Not not a lot, because we said it on this show that I thought L.A. matched up well with Edmonton. Right. Um, so, that of course, that happened, and <laughs> we'll see what happens with that tonight. We've already talked about with Mark that the – Panthers dropped game one to the Capitals. Florida's been fantastic at home this year. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're playing the best road team in the NHL yeah. as well. well. We'll see exactly how Florida responds. The Caps win as a 240 dog. I had them. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I had the Caps and the Pens. Got away, got lucky with the Pens. Pittsburgh wins at MSG, which is something they have done frequency in the past. Um, they get a 4-3 win in triple overtime. It never felt to me, probably after the goaltender interference, depending on what side you're on with that, mm-hmm. it never felt like the Rangers were going to win that game to me. I, I just There was no answer for the, for the Penguins' top line. Sidney, Sidney Crosby was the best player on the ice. He's so masterful down low. I just thought this was a matter of time. And and I thought if the Rangers were going to win that game, uh, even goaltending-wise, well, we, we thought that the Rangers had a massive edge in, in goaltending. And I just thought... And it got better as the night went along. <laughs> Louis, De, Louis Domingue comes in. Well, yeah. We and, can... and, and stood on his head. But when he first came in, I'm going, oh, I have no chance now. Well, I think when he faced those first two early shots... I think that's that settled them. Sure. Yeah. Sure, but I, I, I'm I'm thinking one of those first two shots is going to go in. <laughs> yeah, for you know? sure. And now, now, how do you view? Uh, I've always said this a million times: go on the road in the postseason because worse comes the worse. You're down two nothing. You go home for yeah. your two games. If you steal one on the road, mm-hmm. and if you're going to win a series. You're going to have to win on the road anyway, so you might as well get it out to begin with. Yeah, in the beginning of the series, and it feels and if to you me, do that, you are in complete control of the series. If, it feels to me, Dana, and let's see if you agree that home ice, home field, you know, home court, home ice means less in the NHL than any other sport. Like the, the NBA, home court more important than than in the NHL. Home field and baseball more important. Certainly in the NFL, home field more important than in the, in the NHL, in my opinion. There are certain home ices. Uh, well, here Vegas yeah. for sure, yeah, and yeah. Nashville, and it, and even in the Carolina when they want to ramp things up, and they got a great thing going down there. I don't think anybody really realizes that love affair with the fans and and the team, but. You can almost feel it through the TV. You know, like when I can't hear Sean McDonough, yeah. w- which I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, no. I know, you know, either, I don't know what's going on with them audio. That should never have happened. But yeah, there are certain places where it's very difficult, whether it's their, their secondary feed or not. It's very difficult for me to not pay attention to the crowd more than the announcers. And I, that's how I, I felt the other I day. I get that. I got a feeling, though, the road record of, of playoff teams in the NHL is decent. Pretty decent. Maybe, yeah, I maybe, be, look that maybe, up. maybe better. Me too. Yeah. 
Colorado 7-2 over Nashville. And, of course, Calgary shuts out Dallas 1-0. Calgary does what they do. I mean, we talked about this how many times? I mean, 200 feet, you got to beat them. Yeah. Fantastic. This is Daryl Sutter's yeah. footprint all over this team. And this is the time of year that this team is built for. Uh, Henderson Silver Knights locally here start their postseason run tonight in Colorado against the Eagles. Uh, puck drops 6.05 Pacific time. We'll talk to Brian McCormick tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon about that series, a series where Henderson doesn't have any home games. Right. And this is welcome to the second best league in, in the world where uh, they're still worried about finances. Mm-hmm. It's, it's silly to me. Okay. Let's open up the rope so we can bring in Paul Kukla from Kukla's Corner. And Paul, before we get to the games, give everyone the background uh, of your website, which is fantastic, and how you got it to where it is right now. It's and on top of that, I wanted to ask: Is your website your greatest achievement, or was the birthday wishes on Hockey Night in Canada uh, right up with up, right up there with what you've accomplished with your website? Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the highlights. I mean, a couple other greetings that I eliminated or <laughs> lost at one time. The great Ernie Harwell. You know the baseball announcer yeah, for the, the Tigers, Tigers. Yeah. Um, welcomed me to the hockey world in Pooks's Corner, but I lost the audio. So mm. that was great too. Um, the hockey night in Canada is still alive, and it gets brought up every time on my birthday. Yeah, and and but, then uh, it, he called you legendary, didn't he? Then, uh, then Ron right. called you legendary. Uh, he, yeah, he did. He, he sure did. <laughs> I, I've met Ron a, a couple times when the when the Wings were in the Cup final here in Detroit. And, um, and they're all great people over there at Hockey Night in Canada, from Friedman to, to Ron McLean. Um, they're, they're super people. Kelly Rudy, they're, they're great people. Yeah. But I, 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 started my, I, I started my site uh, just about 17 years ago when we had a lockout, and we weren't getting any information here in Detroit. So I turned to Canadian radio and TV. Being a border town, I get some. From Ontario. TV stations, yep. right. And, um, but radio, of course, I could listen to on the Internet. And I just started a reporting news you know, because we weren't getting much. Even the Detroit News and the Free Press were not, you know, here and there updates. But I was covering it on a daily basis. About six months later, I get a call from NHL.com, asked me if I'd like to blog for them. I said, me? And they said, yet you? <laughs> so I became their, I became their first blogger. And uh, then it took off from there. Ah, that's fantastic. I, I've yet to receive any calls from the NHL. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm sure that it's not too far away. Hey, talk about one of the things that I find interesting as we look ahead. Of course, Vegas is out of the postseason, so we're doing nothing but looking ahead. But I seem to think with the extended season, which is called a condensed season, but really extended if the Stanley Cup goes a full seven games, I would think teams like the Islanders really have an advantage going into next season because there is not going to be much time before, especially if you're in a conference final or the Stanley Cup final, there's not going to be a lot of time to relax and get refocused on the next season. And then you have the Islanders who, you know, maybe if there was another month in the season, really would have challenged for a postseason spot considering. They played the best, uh, as good of hockey as anybody in the league over the last month or so. I would think the Islanders have a real big advantage, not only with rest, but also confidence going into next year. 
I, I do too. I agree. Um, it's definitely, like you said, a condensed season. You know, normally between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs, there's, you know, three or four day break. You know, a, a point is two games, two days back to hockey. So it's going to catch up on these teams as they go deeper into the series. And as we know, they get beat up too. So any team that was on the upswing, even like Buffalo, that was on the upswing at the end of the year, should have an advantage starting in October. Yeah, and we've already seen uh, some teams make some moves, which tells you exactly what the team thought, I mean, uh, as opposed to what the fans uh, have thought. Of course, Jeff Blaschel has relieved of his duties, and I'm sure you know that story well. Did you feel like you knew this was kind of coming, I guess, but did did you not think it was going to come a lot sooner than it has? Oh, yeah. Over the last two years, you know, fan bases have been saying, okay, enough, we've had enough. But they can understand what Eisman did. The Wings weren't going to be No matter who was coaching. Yeah, yeah, no matter who. Even if it was Scotty Bowman, you know, they weren't going to get into the playoffs. And if they did, it was going to probably be four games and done. But um, Detroit, it's time to to, to get rid of Blasio. His, His voice has become too dry. We hear the same things after every game. You know, but you need a little bit of a shakeup. And as we call it here in Detroit, it's called the Iser plan. So whatever Stevie says goes. Well, he, he got it done in Tampa. There's no reason he won't get it done in Detroit. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to what comes there in, uh, in Detroit under, uh, under Iserman, Paul. Hey, we've, we've seen uh, all 16 teams play their first game now in the NHL playoffs. Anything stand out to you? I got, I got to tell you, I, th- I think the Pens are in trouble, even, even off that win uh, with the Smith out with the broken foot, and now Yari goes down, and you're counting on, on Domingue. I, j- I just don't see that working out for them. Yeah, I, I think you might be correct, and I was surprised by Tampa. Tampa losing to Toronto in the fashion they did. I think we're going to see a much better Tampa team, but Toronto is, seems to be a little bit more motivated. You know, people keep on, you know, 1967, 1967. Well, Toronto wants to prove everyone wrong, and they just make it by in this first round. I, I, I can see that. I can see the motivation there. I, I just – they're – a little leaky defensively, and I'm and I'm I'm not sure. You know the the goaltending. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I I but I think you're right. They, they, we they, we definitely saw it in game one, Paul. That they are motivated. There's no question about that. Yep, they they need to keep Matthews going, and Marner, and Kucherov's got to start playing a little bit better for the Lightning. But it could be a long series. Tonight's a big game. Yeah, if but- Tampa can win tonight, all of a sudden they have a home ice advantage. You know, we're talking to Paul Kukla from Kukla's Corner. And, Paul, you know, speaking of the hammer that, that falls, I think every organization that fails to make the postseason, uh, they'll tell you pre- pretty early on what they think is the problem. And I don't know how much you've you – know, it seems like everybody's, you know, looking at least with one eye in the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, if just, just from your viewpoint far away without, you know, the emotion that you know we put into all our opinions – I mean, what do you think is the first hammer that needs to fall in Vegas, if at all? Um, I don't. I think they need to get a bit, you know, a little bit younger and a little bit faster. Um, I, I, I just don't know about Mark Stone. He's a great player, mm-hmm. and he would be a, a, a good second line player. But they need to get quicker, and and their goaltending is going to be a big issue now. So they have some work to do, but. 
you know, I think the the overall picture from fans league wide said, okay, now you know Vegas what it's really like. <laughs> you know, it was, it was coming too easy for them, and people are just saying, okay, now let's see what you have. Well, talk to me about Mark Stone because I've always been a a guy, and and this is definitely a comment that's going to pet the cat backwards, but. I, listen, I I know what what his reputation was coming from Ottawa, and I know how how highly he's thought of. But I feel like I'm missing something. I'm feeling like, oh, good, Mark Stone is back, and, and maybe because he wasn't a hundred percent. But I just haven't felt like that he was irreplaceable when he's not in the lineup. I mean, what does he do that everybody else is seeing that I'm just not grasping right now? He needs a number one center that can feed him the puck is what he needs. And um, he's a a goal scorer more than anything else. He would be considered a power forward, but he's getting up there in age. So some of that power may be decreasing. But I, I just don't know. This year, I know what you're saying. there's also a motivation factor. Was he really into it? Was he trying? Maybe he's, you know, age is catching up on him. I I can't really tell. But I think a a center that can get him the puck would certainly help him. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that as well. I mean, it's so you're saying he's kind of being asked to do things that are not playing towards his strengths, which would really make sense, you know, considering my uh, assessment of him is he's being asked to do a lot of things that maybe he's average at, but not really falling in where his strengths lie. Right. And then he's trying too hard to maybe do something that he really can't do. You know, he just, he's only one player. And as we know in hockey, one player normally doesn't cut it. But um, I think he just needs to squeak his game a little bit and maybe become more of a, a Stamkos-type player than Yeah, than that would Shanahan be great. Player. <laughs> that would be great right. if he did that. <laughs> hey, give us your assessment of what you've seen so far in the postseason. It always feels like to me the, and what the magic of the NHL is what we saw in the regular season – is rarely what we're going to see in the postseason, I guess, outside of the avalanche. Is It seems like the regular season is, you know, I don't want to go as far to say is irrelevant, but, boy, teams that seem to be pretenders all of a sudden, you know, they lean on their goaltender, and and it, you never know what you're going to get on a nightly basis. Uh, we knew what we were going to get from Colorado when they came through. But then on the flip side, you have Florida that didn't, and now Washington has a, a hold on that series. I mean, the NHL is absolutely crazy, and there's no way you can pinpoint because, you know, you see the Capitals who have been great on the road all year, but you didn't expect them to go into Florida to play play as well as they did against a, a Panthers team who is, you know, number one in the league at home. Right. I, I mean, it, right. it's just you never know what you're going to get on a nightly basis. Yep. I'm I'm glad I saw over the last two nights the officiating they're they're making calls. We all know that sometimes the referees will swallow their whistle, as they say, in the playoffs. But calls are being made, which is good. Goaltending used to win a cup. Right now, who's the best goaltender in the playoffs? I, I, I can't name one. <laughs> no, and because, yeah, <laughs> because you don't even know who the Rangers are going to start in the next game. Right. And it's like, I can tell you this, Nashville's in trouble with gold. Yeah, without Soros, yeah. Right. And, you know, if they're playing the number three and 
number four and number three may have been hurt again. So who knows? But their goaltending is going to be their downfall. And the same thing with Edmonton. Edmonton, are they going to? You're going to depend on Mike Smith. Are you going to depend on, you know, um, Jack Campbell? He's played well, but he could collapse at any minute, and then you got a big problem again. And Paul, don't we have a little bit of an issue in Boston as well? I mean, and to me, you know, was following Boston a little bit closer than other teams. I mean, I've said this since day one. I mean, we we do not know what we have between Swayman and and Linus Allmark. And I thought Allmark played well in Game One, and I guess Cassidy's going to go back with him in Game Two as well. But there's nothing that says if I'm the Boston Bruins. Uh, I could look back there and really rely on my goaltending. And I think that's a problem, especially when Carolina has said, hey, look, uh, we have no problem winning when Ranta is in our net. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think Boston's on the on the downswing, guys, to be truthful with you. They looked old, a little bit tired, and as they said on the TV broadcast, um, March, March, Marchant looked like he wasn't really involved in his game. He didn't play his full game. Now I get the Canadian broadcast, so I'm not sure if it was said in the U.S., but they were pointing out that it was said on the show. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's into the game. Looks like there there might be a nick there, but but the bigger picture, Paul, is what if if uh, Carolina just uh, takes Boston out? What are the changes? I mean, is Bergeron going to retire? Uh, do, do you move Marchand if if you get a good offer for him? Um, do, do, I mean, is this a you know, get get out the old guys and 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 get some new you know, younger talent in there and kind of start over. They obviously need a, need a goaltender. I mean, how how big of swing is it in Boston in the off season? It's going to be a big swing, in my opinion. They're going to be looking at a rebuild here next year or the following year for sure. But they're getting old, definitely getting old, and they look stale right now. But it's only one game too, so. You never know, and they could come out and win five to nothing tonight. Yeah, well, the Celtics look stale too, and then they <laughs> and then they punch Milwaukee in the mouth back again. And, and let me ask you: you saw the uh, the goaltender interference in, in the Penguins Ranger game last night. What what did you think of that? Was that goaltending inter- interference, or I mean, I thought Dumoulin gave Kako enough of a push, and momentum took him out. I, I just. Again, we just go back to there's no clear-cut definition of what goaltender interference is. And you and I, Paul, you know you, you've seen far worse get called as a good goal. Yep, I, I think it was the correct call for the simple reason is that the player has to at least try to avoid, even if he's pushed and he was pushed from behind, not from the side where it was like a hip into him and he lost balance, he was still skating. The, the player has to try to attempt to avoid contact with the goalie at all costs. So I think they made the right call. But, like, like you know, we can disagree to agree, whatever. But it just – it that one was a pure judgment call. Yeah, I mean, it's – to me, and I've looked at it probably 30 times last night, and I thought I, – I mean, the, the angle – I mean, Kaka wasn't going straight – through to right. to Smith, he was. Right. I mean, his trajectory was going to uh, lead him past to Smith. But I, I thought just because it was in the paint, and I thought for for I thought Casey came out and 
initiated some of that contact himself. And so yeah, it, because there's be. there's no clear cut is no. there or is that is there not? And that because of that indecision and because there's no you know, it should I, I don't know how you fix it, but because of that, you might have decided a series that the Rangers would have went on to win because they were, yep. you know, three minutes away from winning that game if that goal counted. Great. The only way to fix it, and they'll never do it like they had it, if you go into the blue paint, it's a no goal. That's exactly right. That's the only way. <laughs> that's 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 right on. Absolutely. Yep. Well, well, Paul, so that's we, how you fix it. That is how you fix it. There's no other way. And I was going to say that to you, but I thought that sounded ridiculous. But I'm glad you said it because I agree. Hey, Paul, we uh, we appreciate you joining us. You were fantastic. We wish you all the best uh, with your with your blog. And uh, certainly, you have made a name for yourself in the National Hockey League. And uh, and that's I guess all we can ask from this game. So tell everybody where they can find your work. Okay, it's kuklascorner.com. K u k l a s and then K-O-R-N-E-R dot com. Yeah, and what do you have, like a million followers now? You're Oh, they're, they're 15 million? They keep on coming back. You know, I've got people on Twitter, but I've, 80% of the people aren't on Twitter. Okay, so they just come and visit, <laughs> which is like, which is good, because my, my audience is a little bit more mature. They know the game. They don't do the, no, he sucks, you suck, no, you suck. Yeah. yeah. You know, first of uh, all, I won't allow it, but it doesn't happen anyways. Yeah, well, 27,000 uh, Twitter followers, that, that's pretty good. And uh, even yeah. though your, your, um, your audience is more mature, I appreciate you allowing me to, to actually get on there, too. No oh, problem, guys. We'll, we'll be talking anytime, okay? <laughs> All right, there he goes. Paul Kuklas from Kuklas Corner. And we'll take a quick break. And then uh, when we come back, I don't know if he got my joke at all. Probably not. No, I, I think he thought it was like some age thing. It's really not. Was this a rip on my maturity? Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to uh, Craig Minervini, who we've spoke to before. He'll give us a breakdown on the Panthers. Uh, Craig's a TV host for Bally Sports. We'll be back. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. 
Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Welcome back to Vegas Hockey Hotline, sponsored by Station Casinos and the STN app. That's Stevie Slapshot. I'm with Chris Johnson. I'm Dana Lane from the Brian Blessing Studio. And who? So we have allowed you. <laughs> Not allowed. I mean, you. Thank you. You control it, so you really. Well, it sounds yeah, more powerful right. when I say allowed. It does. But you. Well, I appreciate you, it. You have full reign of the music, yeah. and I am. So far this week, I have no idea what you're playing. So that was James Cotton, who unfortunately oh, James we, Cotton? We, we lost recently. Um, James Cotton was Muddy Waters' harmonica player. Oh. And that, I, I know that, Muddy Waters. That, that's from an album called Cottonmouth Man, which, you know, if you like the blues, pick up that album. He does uh, songs with Greg Allman on there, uh, Joe Bonamosa, who, if you know the blues. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All there right. you go. Yeah. You see how everything evolves into, you know, Everything evolves into something else. It does. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you, too. Okay. And this is my fault. All right. Because <laughs> we, just, we just got through calling uh, Craig Menervini, and I forgot to tell you. Craig said 1140. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's my fault. All right. So that that's what you got to put up with, Chris. You know, that's okay, though. Private. <laughs> yeah, he's 19. That's how he says that. He hits 25. He's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for anyway, but I, I mean, the NHL playoffs are such a 
Like, NBA is getting better. It's getting, like, when you're watching this Golden State-Memphis series, Mm -hmm. you're thinking, oh, this is pretty good. This is good basketball where it's not, you know, know, outside of them killing each other, um, which I'm all for, but just from a fan standpoint. But I think it's gotten better. I mean, and I remember sitting in this chair with, with Brian, where Chris is right now, and we're comparing the NHL to the NBA playoffs, and there's just no comparison because NBA playoffs was the twenty point game every night. Yeah, I'd much rather watch the NHL period because, again, I'm the old guy in the room, I I hate that these guys palm the ball now, change their pivot foot, uh, take four steps on a layup. Um, I, I I can't watch it, but I I did I do I do wager on it. And I wager most on, 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 on teams responding as Memphis did last night uh, in in the game against off the loss to in, in game one to, to Golden State. And I'll have I wrote it down. I'm gonna have Philadelphia and um, and Dallas tonight because I think they'll respond off the losses. I I think that's stuff that, that, that you can count on. And I found it odd. I I was watching parts of while I'm at work uh, last night, the Memphis Golden State game, that the hard foul that that got uh, Brooks kicked, uh, uh, Dylan kicked out. Mm-hmm. Actually, motor, it seemed like M- Memphis put the foot on the gas after that. It like got the rest of the guys involved in the game, and they took off af- after the hard foul. But I don't think there's any doubt between the two, and I think anybody that's being honest with you, if they watch both, mm-hmm. will tell you there's no comparison between NHL playoffs and NBA. Well, I'd much rather watch NHL playoffs. I'd much wa- rather watch the NHL in general. Yeah. Yes. But but even I mean even just turning it on at this time of year mm-hmm. where this is a year where the NBA is a little bit ahead of the NHL as far as their postseason. Usually mm-hmm. it's usually the NBA ends a little bit later than the NHL. It, I don't know if that's going to work out this year, but it seems like the NHL because of the scheduling. And, you know, we talked about this that the Stanley Cup postseason, if it goes to, or Stanley Cup final, if it goes to seven games, is going to last a little longer into the year than normal. Yeah. So I, it is interesting, all these teams that didn't make the postseason. And we, my goodness, I mean, you talk about Boston and you talk about Tampa. And, and if they go deep into the postseason with not a lot of off time before they have to hit camp again, what are you going to get from these teams? Uh, I think that, not making the postseason for for the Islanders, yeah, and maybe Jersey, because I think they're a piece of two, a piece or two away from being very competitive. Yeah, I think so too. But by the way, is is Subban done? Is he going to retire, or is he is he going to find someone else to play for next year? Does anyone want him at this point? I I, well, I think if he wants to play, he'll find a home. Okay, you're probably right. I mean, I don't know. Saying, but, but but I'm with you on New Jersey. National there, 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 there's some young pieces there that I I think that they're close to getting that getting the band together there in Jersey. We'll we'll, we'll see. So how do you attack? I, I know there's a zigzag theory, and mm-hmm. and I don't I agree with Ron a lot about games are individuals. I, I don't take a lot of – I really try not to take what I just saw and apply it to what I'm going to see because I believe in adjustments. And we believe in these athletes so much, but when we're handicapping games, we don't ever talk about professional coaches. They're not just there 
out there screaming and yelling. Correct, correct. They're out there to make professional adjustments. Right. That's why you see, you know, game one, some team shoots you know, 48%, and the next game they're shooting 39%. Yep. But see, I think all that factors in, Dana, in, in the NHL and the NBA. So, as you say, you, you've, you've got professional coaches that sees what you didn't do correctly in game one, and now you have motivated athletes off the loss in game one who are taught, here's what you did wrong, here's what you need to do, and then they go do it in game two. So, well, I, so I, I like, again, I like a lot of that you know, uh, response. Well, this is I like wagering on response. Uh, this is why uh, NHL wise, and I'm I'm just scared to death for the Boston Bruins because I think those adjustments, I think they go in uh, spurts a little bit. I think yes, you can make an adjustment. Maybe it doesn't work the first game. Maybe you have injuries, and the second game you make an adjustment. Maybe it doesn't work then. I think by the third game when you face each other, I think that's when I need to see your response. If I don't see a response by the third game, that's where I'm going to start to feel like, okay, one team has got the other team's number. And I feel that with Carolina and Boston quite a bit. I feel like Carolina is the better of the two teams. Because after you've made your adjustments, and it still doesn't work, and and this is why I'm always, Steve, I'm always – in a situation, I'm in a spot where when I see a, a coach go bonkers at practice and they don't respond to that, that's a problem. That tells me that coach is done. Yeah. Because when you go bonkers at, at practice, that's telling me this is all you have left. Mm-hmm. And that is your last card. But- and sometimes that card can pick you up. And sometimes it could push you towards the, you know, just like we saw with the Edmonton Oilers this year when they hit a little bit of a rut. You know, screaming and yelling with the press. Things are not going well. They're not scoring goals. not playing well defensively. Not getting goaltending. And then all of a sudden, you know, they had that incident. And it seemed from that point on, they seemed to turn things around. So, yes, it, it can go the other way as well. But when I see a coach that's losing it at practice – uh, I remember, was it Mike Yo, years ago in, when he was in Minnesota, just throwing sticks all over the ice. And I thought, if they don't respond to this, they're done. Because yeah. there's nothing. How? What else do you do after you've thrown sticks on the ice? Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing you can do from that point. I get that. There's there's obviously an issue there. And if I'm a general manager, I'm looking at, at both sides. What? Again, it could be the coach that needs to be changed, or maybe I need to bring in some new personnel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, um, so, you know, just to, just kind of uh, talking about the Bruins last night, and, and I'm just – I'm not confident. I, I've seen a lot of Bruins hockey. I've seen every game against Carolina. I don't think they match up well. I don't think Marchand is uh, – you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see again. I mean, but this game two, and I've always said game twos are the most – they are the most important game uh, of any series. They set the tone one way or the other. Either you're going to run over us, and all we have to do is win one at your place, or it's you're going to be in for the grind of the yeah. series. Yeah. And, and so that's why it's important for Florida to respond. That's why it's important for Boston to respond. Everybody that's every team that's down one nothing has to respond, or 
I just don't think going back to, uh, you know, especially in Florida's case, where they have to go back to Washington, when you have to go to the other team's home ice, I don't think it really matters at that point if you're up 2 nothing. I mean, you, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But I can tell you this. It, from a mental edge, which is, is so much into this game that we discount, if Washington wins – and goes into Florida and wins that second game, mm-hmm. whew, that's right. tough. Yeah, because I agree. now everybody starts saying, oh, see, there's Bob Brosky again. There's the President's Cup trophy winner, winner again. But anyway, let's bring somebody in that knows a lot more about this than I do from Bally Sports, uh, TV host Craig uh, Minervini. And, and Craig, uh, you know, I, I'd love to talk to you about the WWE for 30, 30 minutes, but. Tell, tell me, obviously after one game, it's not a big deal, but there is a little bit of a seed, I would think, that creeps into everybody's mind of, oh, goodness, we just won the President's Cup, and here we go again. We're in for a battle against Washington. Yeah, I think it's even more, and David, thanks for having me on. I think it's even more of uh, Panther history, uh, for at least for the fans, not for the players, because they don't know about the, the history. They don't know the team hasn't won a series since 1996. When they they won three to get to the Stanley Cup final in their their early existence, uh, but last night they they played sloppy hockey. They didn't play well. They um, they almost got away with it. They had a two one lead in the third period, not playing a great game. Bobrovsky did a very good job. He was fine last. They made a lot of huge saves. I think the problem for the Panthers is they didn't make Vanacek make a lot of huge saves. He was good. He was steady, but he didn't have to be great. And if you're going to lose to the Caps, I, I want their goalie to have had just a great night. You lost the game. Uh, not when you give the – you cannot give the puck away to Alex Ovechkin. Sets up Kuznetsov. They sloppy on the first – they killed off the penalty for for all intents and purposes. Basically gave the puck away. They get a rebound goal. It just made it a little too easy, I thought, for the Capitals last night. Yeah, and for Alexander Ovechkin, we didn't know if he was going to be 100% going into the postseason. I, mean, I don't know. You, you probably saw this game live. I mean, I didn't see – uh, that's all smoke and mirrors to me anyway. I I would have been shocked if he was not at 100% or near 100%. I mean, what did he look like to you? He looked to me like he was good to go. Yeah, and I said the same thing for Aaron Eckblad, who missed 20 games for the Panthers, right. who was a Norse contender up until his injury, hit 15 goals as well, missed the last 20 games. Both of them, I don't think either one was at their best. Uh, but they certainly were, were effective, especially Ovechkin in, in the offensive zone. And, and, you know, I saw the Panthers hit him a couple of times, and they bounced off him. Uh, Gudis hit him once. I think Marchman tried to hit him once. And the guy's a, a rock. I mean, you know, where, there's never been a player like this who, who could score and is physical, and then you hit him and you're, you're bouncing off of him. Um, and the Panthers can hit. they got some big hitters. Uh, Gudis led the league with over 350 hits. But having said that, Dana, he only had one assist in the game. They held him in check. And when you hold him in check, you should win the game. He's their man, the 50-goal scorer. And they still lost the game because they made a couple of sloppy plays, and that's hockey. And if, you, if you're not managing the puck properly and you make a couple of key plays at the wrong time and you can't come up with a spectacular save because the shots were, you know, you can't blame Bobrovsky. Sometimes the goalie saves you there, but, but not on that one. Um, you know, you wind up losing the game. Yeah, well, it gets to the point where – when people want to be simplistic and put everything into a box, the first thing they look at it is goaltending, and that doesn't always, you know, tell an accurate story of what no. would actually happen. But 
you talk about hey look they don't know the history and that they you know they don't know what happened since 1996 but there does have to be some sort of knowledge about president's cup uh winners and and how they uh, how they have uh prog- you know progressed when they got into the postseason i mean there has to be some thought process that hey this has not always been a great spot to be in yeah I, I don't know about that. I mean, you might be right. Craig, you there with us? I think, I, I, should, I, think okay. I should call him back. Okay, well, you call him back. Uh, yeah, President's Trophy, of course. I, I always, I don't know why. You know, it's one of those things I told you before. We get, a, we get off the show, and then I go home, and I think, oh, why did I say President's? I don't know. I always go back and forth with them but uh yeah i mean it's it, it seemed to me like there there has to be i mean players think i mean we think all the time about games and we pick them apart in our heads and and, and so there has to be some knowledge of, of how if you are the top team in a league how how you've been able to fare which has not been very good. There has to be some thought about that. But these are professional athletes, and maybe, maybe you know, it's just it's just stuff for us to think about for sure. But I, I just wonder about in this series, is is this a pedigree versus, you know, the Washington Capitals come in with all this pedigree, all this history. There's certainly Stanley Cup experience. Uh, I would think if I was Florida, I certainly wouldn't take this team lightly. Hey, how much? I, I'm glad to have you back with us, but how much was there any talk about, hey, we we need to be on top of our game here because, yeah, they're, they're the eighth seed, and, of course, everybody in the – and you can make a case for anybody in the Eastern Conference to, to win a cup this year or go to the Stanley Cup final, but this was the best team on the road, and, and there had to be some talk about, hey, we need to be on top of our game. This is not going to be a pushover series. Yeah, no question, and, and, and the coach – you know, basically said that after the game. You know, we told them. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a surprise. The, the Capitals' eight top scorers from the Stanley Cup year are on this team. This is not like they lost. You know, three of their best players, and they don't have. This, this is an experienced club, and their best players all won the cup four years ago. Now they're a little bit older too, but that's the case. <laughs> and they're so you cannot underestimate. They haven't seen them since November. That doesn't help. Uh, but I don't think this was a case of underestimating. I think they just, maybe there were maybe some little nerves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being that number one seed, uh, you, the one thing the coach said the whole week was they're not a number eight seed. Throw that. So even in the normal sense of a NHL, where sometimes the number eight seed squeaks into the playoffs with 92 points, this is a hundred point club. It's never happened before where all eight teams have been a hundred points or more in either the East or the West since they went to this format. And so I don't think it was an underestimation. I just think they just they just weren't on. They were a little off, and they still nearly won the game. You know, it was a two-to-one game. They do pass a lot, Dana. They're a very uh, cute team sometimes to a fault. Uh, I thought they gave the puck away a couple times, a 2 on 0 They didn't get a shot off. Uh, the power play looked sloppy. Um, and, of course, Ekblad was running it. He hadn't run it in 20 games. I think they're going to be way better in game two. I agree with you, Craig. I, I think they'll respond. I'll, I'll probably have some money on him in game two. Your thoughts on uh, on Bob Rovsky? I, I thought he played well, and I and I think he'll respond in game two. And any um, issues uh, for Bob Rovsky in your mind going no, into game two? Not at all. No, I thought he was. I thought he was beyond good. I thought he was was borderline great. He made so many saves right off the bat. He was moving well. 
you know, that five on three was getting over left to right. They make you go east to west. And he was, I thought he played a great game, a winnable game for his team. The team let him down. The goalie can't stop everything. Uh, there was breakaways. There was letdowns. You know, he made a save. and got a rebound. Rebounds happen. You stick your leg out. You like to kick it to the corner. It doesn't always happen. You got to clear the front of the net. Wilson jumped on it. Uh, I thought he was fine. I think they can win with Bobrovsky. I don't think he's going to be the problem. Uh, they haven't been the tightest defensive club. Uh, I think they're going to have to be t- a little tighter uh, in the playoffs. And then, of course, the, 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 look, their MO has been scoring. You know, they were setting, their team hasn't scored like this in, since the Penguins in the mid-'90s. And, and so, and that, some of that was against teams that aren't as good, but they scored against good teams too. So they've got to get the offense going and put more pressure on. They've got a lot of depth up front. Um, I, I'd give them an off night, bad mistakes, and even then, having said that, if they pull back a couple mistakes, they win. There was one play, I don't know how much you guys noticed it, the goal that um, Kuznetsov scored, there should have been an icing call. Yeah, and I don't know why they waved it off. Because the, the, I was watching, I actually ref games down here, so I was looking at the refs a little closer maybe. The back linesman had his arm up. He did have an icing. And he was on the same side where the puck was sent in from. And for some reason, the uh, the front linesman who was on the other side of the ice waved it off, and it didn't hit anybody. So what he's saying basically is he thinks Weger could have played the puck. I don't agree with him. He still had the puck beyond his own zone with nobody on him. So you can't blame the linesman for the goal, per se, but uh, that should have been icing. Hey, let me ask you also, too, and we asked uh, Paul Kuklis about this. What did you think, and it's switching over to the, the Rangers-Penguin uh, series, because we, there's yep. just no clear definition on goaltending interference. I mean, oh, how, yeah. what did you think about this? Because, I mean, if somebody said to me, hey, look, you know, I, I can see him getting pushed, you know, getting pushed from behind, and, you know, momentum carried him out, out of, out of the crease, and I, I get all that, but then on the same time, you know, by definition, you know, the Smith was in the blue paint, and I guess – you know, Paul said the only way that you clean this up is saying, "Get out of my blue paint." Well, don't let's not do that again because we we went through that uh, twenty years ago with Brett Hall. Of the, your, your foot was in the blue paint, and all of a sudden, no goal. Right. Remember that? That was a disaster. It was like it was ridiculous. Uh, but I, you know what? We were. I was watching with Ed Jovanovski and Jeff Chikrin at the time. We watched that. We had the game on while our game was going on, and they said, "What do you think?" And I said, "All right." It's it's almost, to me it's almost fifty fifty. But if I had to lean one way or the other, I would lean toward it was it was goalie interference because I thought he kind of went into him with a little extra than maybe he had to. But I'm being really borderline there. Of course, that's what I, I did him when I saw it. It could have went either way. Uh, if you told me it was not goaltender interference, I wouldn't put put up much of an argument. I mean, did you? Yeah, that's a tough one. Did you Very think tough. that the Smith came out? A little bit in initiated contact. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. you can never look at this. One. Yeah, because as I watched it in real time, and of course, yeah. in real time, really doesn't make a difference. But my first inkling was, I can't believe they're they're going to allow this goal. But then when I watch yeah. it, and, and I guess the problem comes from I've seen far worse be called good yeah. goals. And that completely, and it's not a big deal except for the fact it's in game one of the postseason that could absolutely turn that series completely around for a call that we have no clear cut definition on. Yeah, it's 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 you know did he did how much did he push him? Who's who's trying to sell it? 
I don't think the goalie's intensely trying to get hit and knock knock himself out of the crease like he like he went flying out of there. But you know, if the defenseman pushes him, it's it's not goaltender interference. It's not the player's fault. The puck's in the blue paint. You go after it. It's not there. You better be careful when you hit the goalie. He wasn't out of the paint, right? I, I saw it on video. He was in the goalie was in his position. He wasn't For outside sure. of yeah. the the crease. So if he's outside the crease, it's a different animal. Uh, I leaned in the direction of I wouldn't be surprised if they called no goal, but I totally get the Ranger argument here, and it's a tough one to lose. You know, when you when you had basically would have had the game there, and then wound up losing in triple overtime. It's one you could forget about if you won it in overtime. And man, is that sting even worse that you lost it in triple overtime? Yeah, and the problem was too, and I and I and I think after people have gone through this and and really have looked at it i think they're they're siding with you i it's it's about 60 40 that it it was the right i hate call. to be wishy-washy because that's the problem with this call right is which one is it but whose fault's uh, that I, that was my it's not your fault well, it's the league's fault i know i mean yeah but you know you, you it's a judgment game right that every call i mean i could tell you three four calls Giroux gets cross-checked in front of the net and they don't call that and then some the other one they call it tighter it's you know it's that, it is a judgment game. Not every play is a penalty, and it's the referees do have that discretion, and they should. You, I don't think you'd want everything called letter of the law, but but with that goalie interference call, uh, it's such a critical one because it's goal or no goal. Yeah, well, I mean, when it goes to that, it, it's goal or no goal. The letter of the law, we would have uh, twenty cross-checking penalties every night. Oh, uh, you can forget it. I, I mean, yeah, it would be, be insane. Do notice, uh, you know, they call some stuff, and they if you ask for the consistency last night to me, they called. In a, at least in the Panther game, they call it really tight early, and then they let stuff go that you think if they're going to call that tight, yeah. then call this tight. Well, well, there are some nuances, and we talked to J- Dave Jackson early in the week, and he was saying, "Hey, you know, on those on those icing calls, you know, sometimes the referee has to make a call based on where he thinks the puck is going to go, not necessarily who has position." Which you know, you, n- right. you never really think of that. But Craig, hey, yeah. nothing but the best to you. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us. Uh, we wish the Panthers nothing but the best in Game Two. Anytime, yeah, and uh, yeah, Game Two is going to be a big one. By the way, sellout crowd last night, great atmosphere, Doug. Uh, you can feel it. I, I couldn't even yeah. hear the broadcasters at all. all right there he goes craig uh minervini and that does it for our show today we want to thank uh ron romanelli uh, mlb handicappers fantastic mark lawrence of course good friend of the show paul kuklas from kuklas corner uh and of course craig minervini from uh, bally sports who covers the florida panthers for stevie slapshot that's chris johnson i'm dana lane thanks for joining us have a great night and we'll see you tomorrow morning and the one gigantic screen. The buck is in, the Canadians win the good old hockey game.